Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Be sure to tune in to whatever Bethesda Church is doing on our website, BethesdaChurch.tv, or check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Now, let's jump into today's message. Let me just say, first off, welcome to Bethesda Church. It's so good to be back in-house, and uh, I want to thank those of you that are here today, but I also want to thank those that are watching online. I want to thank both groups, because both of you make up Bethesda Church, and I know that for some of you, uh, that right now, it's um, probably better for you to worship at home, but I do want to remind you that we are open again, we are practicing social, uh, social distancing, we're wearing masks, we're doing all those things, and we even have kids ministry happening right now, live, in-house. Can you give it up for all the dream team for what they are doing to make it happen? So thankful that you are here. Um, Today, I want to just say right out the gate that I do have a word for you, and I hope that you are ready to receive it. Um, I want to kick off a brand new sermon series today called Monarchy, and I want to call this first sermon, I want to call it A New Order, A New Order. Everybody say A New Order, all right? Everybody say Monarchy. Now, um, some of you may know, but we released a song uh, just a few months ago with the same title. Uh, The title of the song is Monarchy. If you have not downloaded that song, I'm going to ask that you do that today. Just wait till I'm done preaching, all right? Uh, It's a powerful song that I believe will be a blessing to your life. But I want to look at the word monarchy in this series. If you were to look that word up, you would find this definition. It simply means supreme power or sovereignty held by a single person. In this nation, um, we struggle with the concept of a monarchy. We struggle with the concept of an actual kingdom. Um, And the, the definition is so powerful because it says a supreme power or sovereignty held by a single person. I think we struggle with the concept of monarchy or the concept of a kingdom because we live in a democracy. We live in a democracy. And, and the other thing is, is that we live in a nation where the people vote on its leaders. We struggle because we live in a nation uh, where we believe um, that we have influence and power just because we've created a Facebook page and we can post our opinions. And so a lot of times we miss the concept of the kingdom of God because of where we live and some of the things that happen in this country. Today, in the face of pandemics, race wars, Republicans, Democrats, independents, left wings, right wings, I came to announce specifically and to remind the body of Christ that before we can address any of the issues going on in our world, we must first understand that we are citizens of the kingdom. Come on, somebody. We are citizens of the kingdom. Today, in the face of governments shutting down churches in the state of California, I want to remind us that we are the, 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 the citizens of the kingdom. I need to remind us, uh, the people that are here, 
that if we don't get with it, there could come a day in this country where it is illegal to meet, to worship, to, to preach, to heal, to deliver, to do what God has called us to do. And I just want to go ahead and throw it out there that if it ever becomes illegal, then I'm going to be illegal because we have to gather, we have to preach, we have to worship. We've got to, we got to, we got a generation to raise up. And we can't just sit and allow people that do not know the kingdom mandate to decide what we are called to do, how we are called to do it. Somebody's got to say, this is the gospel, this is the kingdom, and that's what we're a part of. I know it's early, but I came ready to preach today. I'm tired of placating to a media that doesn't even know God. We got to get back to the truth. We got to get back to the kingdom. But I, I, I'm alarmed as I look around today and, and see what's going on. I, I, I believe that we are called, Bethesda, to be a hospital for hurting people. I believe that we are called to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. I believe that we are called to be a place where people can belong before they believe. I'm telling you, I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, left-wing, right-wing, let's focus on the kingdom mandate and the kingdom agenda, and let's preach Jesus and see lives change. See, we're part of the kingdom. We're part of the monarchy, the supreme power and sovereignty of a single person. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 says, But you are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. I'm convinced that a large portion of the body of Christ need to be reminded about their identity as kingdom citizens. But my frustration is, is that what I'm seeing when I look at the body of Christ at large is that I see that, that um, people are in the body of Christ, they're more American than they are kingdom. They're more Fox News than they are Word of God. They're more social media than they are praise and worship. They are more white than kingdom, more black than kingdom. But let us be reminded that the message of the kingdom and the God that we serve, that we live by different principles and we are not subject to the patterns of this world. I have sat back over the last few months and I've watched people that know Jesus have been gripped by fear, gripped by anxiety. Some have been gripped by hate. But I want to announce that we are the kingdom of God. We are a monarchy. We are one blood. We are one race. We serve Jesus who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He has all power in heaven and earth. He has never been voted on. He will never be voted on. He is the lover of my soul, the healer of my body. He's the one that delivers me. He's the one that taught me to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is the King of Kings. Come on, give him praise today if you believe believe that. I'm already sweating and I'm six minutes in. We got to be reminded today about who we are and whose we are. I just wonder if we've allowed all the other voices to tell us what we're going to do, who we are. But I want to look at Romans chapter eight for just a moment. Starting in verse number 18, 
It says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Now that line right there, you can read right past that, but it's telling us that all creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for, for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one hope still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with per- perseverance. Now, we got to ask, what is the Apostle Paul trying to communicate in Romans 8? When you look at this, what Paul is telling us is that when you see what your difficulty, anybody had a difficult season over these last few months? Come on, be honest. Wave at me. I want to say, I got people in here. Wave at me. Difficult season. Paul said, when, when you see what your difficulty is producing, what it's producing, it will make you forget about the difficulty. It's going to make you forget about what you're going through. That the difficulty will become light and momentary compared to the glory that will be revealed on the other side of what you are going through. See, the world, Paul said, and and don't throw anything at me, Paul said it, not me. He said that the world will be delivered out of its chaotic mess by by God's people. He did not say that Jesus is going to come and put it all back into order. He said that God's people, in other words, there, there is a people in the world right now that have been called, anointed, equipped to to deal with the mess that is going on in our world. And, and, and just so that we can make sense of this, when God created Adam and Eve and he placed them in the garden, God placed Adam there and he gave him both authority and power. Now, we call it glory. The word glory actually means weight, it means authority, and it means power. And when Adam was ruling in the earth, the same way God was ruling in heaven, there was nothing out of place. We know that Adam lost that glory, right? He lost that glory, and when Jesus came back, he, or when Jesus came, he came to restore what Adam had lost. I believe that the reason a lot of things that we're looking at are not getting any better is because God's people do not understand the weight, the authority, the glory, the anointing that God has placed in our hands. I believe that many times we have been relegated to placating to what everyone else is going to tell us what we can do, how much we can do, how far we can go, when we can meet, when we can't meet. They are dictating what we are called to do as kingdom citizens. But what what I want you to see is that Adam, before he lost it, lost the glory, he was ruling the earth the same way God was ruling heaven, the same way. He ruled it with his words. He did not till the ground 
with his hand. He spoke to the ground, and the ground responded. There were no tsunamis. There were no hurricanes. There were no tornadoes, no pandemics, because man ruled the earth with his words. The wind and the breeze served man. They did not resist him. There was no flooding like we experienced in 2016. There was the right amount of rain because man told it how much to rain. Whatever Adam called it, it was. And that is the same way God works. God says it, and it is. So God put Adam in the earth, crowned him with glory, which means that God put some weight on man. He put some authority on man. He, he, he put some, some weight and authority and power on man. And I, I have to say it again. The church needs to get its weight back. We, we need to get our weight back. We need to get our glory back. We need to get our voice back. We need to get our anointing back. We need to pick up our calling and get it back. We need to pick up our mandate and get it back. Come on, son. We got some things that we need to pick up and not just forfeit. Adam speaks to a thing after he loses or before he loses the, the authority. But when he speaks to things, he does not speak to things in the name of Adam. He's speaking to things based on the fact that he had been crowned with God's glory. In other words, when Adam would speak, God would get behind what Adam spoke and he would ensure that it was authorized and that it was executed. Now, when Adam lost the glory, we all lost it. One man's sin, and because of that, we are all born into sin. So when Adam lost it, we all lost it. Now, the Bible says the earth is cursed. Now, check this out. The curse is that the earth no longer responds to Adam. What he used to speak to and get a result, now he's got to work for it. Now, he, he can't speak to the ground. Guess what? He's got to till the ground. He's got to plow up the ground. Now he's going to have to work it a little bit. And, and, and this makes me a little bit afraid to speak it to a younger generation because they don't always have the best work ethic. But Adam did not labor for his provision. Adam did not labor for his provision until after the curse. Before the curse, provision came to Adam because the earth responded to what he said. After it was cursed... He had, to, the Bible says that thorns and thistles began to uh, appear, and Adam had to work by the sweat of his brow. He's trapped because what used to work for him is now working against him. The earth does not produce without some labor. Now, you, you transition from Adam to Jesus, the last Adam. Some say the second Adam, but how many know he's the last Adam? He, they, there's not another one. There's not like a third, fourth, fifth. It's like Adam and the last Adam. And when Jesus shows up, what does he do? He starts speaking to stuff the same way that Adam would speak to stuff. He would speak to a tomb and Lazarus would pop out. He would speak to a tree and it would die. 
He would speak to the wind and it would stop. Speak to the waves and they would cease. He would speak to a man and say, stretch forth your hand. And his hand was healed. A Roman centurion one day says, I see what kind of authority you have. You don't even have to come to my house. Just speak the word. And Jesus spoke the word. And at the very hour he spoke it, the servant was healed. So Jesus comes and he starts demonstrating to us the way it's supposed to work. He starts speaking the word. God loves the word so much that he named himself word. Are y'all in here? You need another cup of coffee. He, he, he loves the word so much he named himself word. Now, there's a verse in Hebrews I want you to see because it's not just about what Jesus did. I'm trying to get you to do it. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10. For it was fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory. How many of you know that everything was created by God and for God? Now, the, other, the last part of that verse says to bring many sons, we could put daughters there as well, to, to bring many sons and daughters to glory. So God did not come into our lives to simply save us, but he came into our lives to bring us to glory. We've already established that the word glory means weight. God came specifically to save, but also to give us our weight back, our authority back, our voice back. And, and so he's bringing us to glory, and, and God wants to put some weight on the people of God. Listen, I know that many times we go through difficulties and we feel like we're completely out of control. We can't do anything about what's happening. We feel limited, like we don't have the resources. But God wants to put some weight back on your life. He wants to put some weight back on the church's life. Like our voice has to mean something. And so Jesus taught us that. Now look at this verse in Proverbs 12, verse 6. It says, the words of the wicked are... Lie and wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. The mouth of the upright will deliver them. If you understand how to use your words and you grow in glory, grow in weight, because there are levels to glory, levels of weight, then you understand that everything you have uh, has already been provided. Everything you need has already been provided, but you have to learn how to speak and call those things into your life. That's what Jesus taught us, to speak and call them. In other words, um, everything I need, everything you need to do what God has called us to do in our lifetime has already been given. But we have to learn how to speak and call those things into our life. Why do you think Abraham said you've got to call those things that are not as though they are? Romans bears that out. That we've got to speak in, into nothing sometimes and command something to come out of it. A lot of times, though, our problem is, is that we work ourselves to death to make something happen, and we also fail to talk to it. Most of us, when we do talk, we talk what we see, and we talk what we feel, but we don't talk about what's in our spirit. Check this out from the Old Testament. It's in 1 Kings chapter 18. I want you to see this. Give you a little context. The land is in a severe drought. Things are dying. 
vegetation is dying, the cattle are dying, the earth is cracked, it's parched, it's a severe drought. We pick up the story. 1 Kings 18, starting in verse 41. It says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. In the middle of a drought, everything's dying. Elijah says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I'm hearing something that y'all can't see. You walking with me? Now watch this. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of, of Carmel. Then he bowed on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and he looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud, but it's the size of a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. So right in the middle of a drought, Elijah gets a word that it's not something that he saw. It's something that he heard. And he tells them, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Most of us, if we're in a drought, we're talking drought. If we're in a pandemic, we're talking pandemic. If we're in a dilemma, we're talking dilemma. If we're stressed out, we're talking stressed out. Whatever we are living in is what we're talking about. What, What we fail to realize is that our mouth keeps us trapped in a season that we don't want to be in. Our mouth. Our mouth not only keeps us trapped in a season we don't want to be in, our mouth keeps us trapped in a season longer than we want to be there. Some of you, you feel like you've been in a season that you hate for years. I would say, check your mouth. When you get into a place that you don't like, don't talk about what's not working. Talk about what God said, and that will become the power to pull you out of that problem into God's promise. But we got to give voice to what God is saying. I have to learn to speak, not, not allow my feelings to dominate me. My feelings are like little children. You know, little children that need to be taught what to do. That's how your feelings are. Sometimes you got to tell your feelings, sit down, be quiet, get in the back seat. Come on, somebody. You, you can't allow your feelings to drive the car of your life. And a lot of us, we live from feeling to feeling. And we have to learn how to speak the word of God. We feel bad, so we talk bad. We feel weak, we talk weak. We feel discouraged, we talk discouraged. But, but the, the proverb said, the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. The mouth of the upright shall deliver them. In other words, you can talk yourself right out of a situation or you can ensure that you talk yourself into staying there. Y'all not getting this, are you? Right now in this season, there's a ton of voices saying a lot of things. I would encourage you to get off social media Fox News, CNN, all those platforms, and ask God, what are you saying? God, what are you saying in the midst of all this? 
the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. We speak and we trap ourselves with our words. Look at your world and then look at your words because they are connected. While I'm waiting on God to change things, many times he has given me the power to change it with my mouth, with what I say. And I want to encourage some people right now that nothing happens until something is spoken. We sit around wishing that God would change things, hoping that God would change things. But that changes nothing. Nothing happens until something is spoken. God works within the capacity of the words that I speak. If I don't like the atmosphere of this church, I don't come in and complain about the atmosphere of the church. I speak something into the atmosphere to shift that atmosphere, to change that atmosphere. Isaiah 55 and 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So God watches over his word to perform it. But before it moves into the earth and passes back to him, watch this, it has to accomplish what he sent it to do. It cannot return void. Here's the kicker. I have to say it. I have to speak it. I have to declare it. Nothing happens until something is spoken. That's why Paul said in Romans chapter 8 that we read, he said creation was subjected to futility. That was the line. What does that mean? It means that the world was out of order. That's what it means. There was chaos. It was out of order. And, And watch this. God loved the world so much that he gave his son, right? When, when we read that verse, we only think of people. But the word world means more than people. It's everything God created. Everything God created, God loves. And not only does he redeem people, he's going to redeem the earth. Come on, I don't have to tell you about the end times, a new heaven and a new earth. Like, it all belongs to God. None of it belongs to Satan. Absolutely none of it. Bel- it's all God's. And so the systems that govern our world are out of order. And the earth, Paul said, is in birth pangs waiting, waiting on the sons of God. Who are the sons of God? It's you and I. It's those who are being led by the Spirit of God. It's the kingdom. It's the monarchy. Spirit-led people talk about they, they talk out of what they know, not, not what they see. We talk about out of what we know, not what we see. The opposite of faith is not doubt. We think the opposite of faith is doubt. The opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is sight. Why do you think the enemy brings so many things into your sight and into your vision? Because it is the opposite of faith. He wants to put something before you that you can see to counteract what God has put in you that nobody can see. Some of you, you're looking at your marriage and you're saying it's bad. You're looking at your health and you're saying it's bad. You're looking at the finances, you're saying it's bad. You wonder if you'll ever recover, if you'll ever do any better. But I want to tell you right now, as long as you're looking and speaking about the problem, it's not going to get any better. 
You have to understand that the opposite of faith is sight. Quit looking at the mess and start prophesying to your future. Come on, somebody. You got to look beyond the mess. You got to look beyond the disappointment. You got to look beyond the struggle to start prophesying the future that God has for you. Romans 4, 17, I've already quoted it, but it's where talking about the father of many nations where he called those things which did not exist as though they did. The earth is waiting on people who, like Elijah, can sit down in the middle of a drought, close their eyes, close their ears, but open up their mouth and declare, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. But Elijah, the earth is cracked. The cattle are dead. The vegetation, it's all gone. But Elijah is hearing something that no one else can hear and no one else can see. Kingdom people have the ability to hear what no one else can see. The servant said, "Um, I went and I looked, man of God, and I don't see anything. And Elijah's response was basically, I don't care what you saw. You might want to go look again because I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Oh, I'm about to preach myself happy today. He's like, I want you to go look again because I hear something that you're not seeing. I believe that right now if we'll position ourselves to get close to God, that we're going to start hearing some things that nobody else is seeing. See, God will drop you right in the middle of a drought and, and, and see if you can speak rain in the middle of a drought. Some of you are allowing the things going on around you to talk you out of what God has put in you, but God will often drop you in a bad situation, not to punish you, not for you to talk about how bad it is, but he'll drop you in a dry season just so you can proclaim rain over that season. Come on, somebody. He'll drop you there. He's not going to drop you in a season or in a place where it's already raining. He's going to put us in a dry place to see if we can speak to the rain. See, he didn't put you there for you to start talking about what's going on. He puts you there so that you can change it, so that you can do something about it. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. See, I I believe that that we have been put here. You've been put in, in your marriage with your kids at your job in that situation. It may look dry. It may look like a drought, but you've been put there to pronounce rain over a dry place. Don't give up on what God has put in you. It's about to rain. I want to declare it's going to rain healing and rain grace and rain true friends and rain open doors and rain finances and rain connections and rain deliverance and rain on your dreams, rain on your seed, rain on your household, rain on your children, rain on your job. Too much rain to handle, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I hear something that I can't see. 
People of God, we got to be careful in this moment, in this season. I was alarmed in my spirit this week. Every time I went to pray, I am alarmed because the body of Christ seems to be fearful and full of anxiety and just speaking the same thing Fox is saying, the same thing CNN is saying, the same thing this delegate is saying or this governor is saying. But where are the people of God that can say, I hear something that I can't see. I hear something that no one else is saying. I'm I'm ready for us to declare something that we can't see, but something that we can hear. This is a pivotal moment. It's a pivotal moment in our country. It's a pivotal moment for the church at large. We've got, we've got to, we got to put our boots on, our bootstraps. We got to, we got to get ready to do something like to execute dominion in the earth and not just lay around talking about how bad everything is. See, what you see around you will often contradict what you hear in you. Have you ever noticed that when God really starts speaking to you in here, all hell shows up out here. It'll show up in every direction because he will put things in your sight, in your vision. The opposite of faith is sight. It's when I'm focusing on what I see instead of what I hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not about what I'm seeing right now in this situation or in this relationship or at this, uh, this problem at my job. It's not about what I'm seeing in the natural. It's about what I'm hearing in the spirit. And the voice of your spirit has to win that conflict. There is, there's truth to the battlefield is over your mind, but I want to take it a step further. The battlefield is not over your mind, not only over your mind, the battlefield is over your mouth. Because some people curse what God intends to bless. They speak cursing over something that God really intends to heal and and change and, and turn around and deliver. But we look at it and we continue to curse it. But then we have to eat the fruit of our words. Scripture says that our words are seeds. Tells us that I, every time I speak, I'm sowing. Every time I, I speak to, to my wife, my kids, to, to, to you as, as uh, the people I pastor, these are seeds that I'm sowing and I'll have to live with the fruit of what I'm sowing. Whatever about my life that does not line up with God's precepts, I have the power to turn around with my words. If you could turn your words in a different direction, you can turn your life in a different direction. Your life will always follow your words. Listen, if your feelings guide your direction, it tells me that your words are all over the place. Your words are powerful. You say things like, well, I'm just going to give them my two cents worth. Your two cents worth ain't changing nothing. You might as well keep that in. Don't speak the two cents worth. Speak what God is saying and create a new, new order with your mouth. Elijah showed us what a leader looks like. Because what Elijah was saying, nobody else was saying. Leaders do not deal with symptoms. They deal with the actual problem. The symptoms were 
scarcity, starvation, famine, parched earth, dry ground. Those are the symptoms, but watch, Elijah didn't mention any of them. He didn't mention one symptom. The only thing Elijah mentioned was rain. Because if it rained, all the symptoms were taken care of. He did not speak to any of the symptoms. He only spoke to the solution. A leader from the Spirit can diagnose from the Spirit what is happening and not just focus on symptoms, but they can start giving their mouth not to the symptoms, but giving their mouth to the solution. I'm going to give you this last point. The Holy Spirit in you always knows the solution, but he cannot get his word into the atmosphere because you have given your mouth to the symptoms. Before you leave this place today, my prayer is that you make a decision that you will no longer give your mouth to the symptoms, but that you're going to start giving your mouth to the solution. The Holy Spirit lives in you, and guess what the Bible says? It says he knows all things. He already has the answer. Your dilemma, dilemma is already answered in the spiritual realm. Faith is believing in what you can't see. Faith calls those things that are not as though they are. When you call something, check this out, when you call something, it's yours, but it has not come to you because it has not heard your voice. Anybody ever owned a dog? I'm going to make this real simple for you. Anybody owned a dog? You ever had to call your dog? Like he's running off somewhere, and maybe you got a new toy, or maybe it's time to eat, and the dog belongs to you, but he's not with you because you haven't called it. You haven't called it. I wonder how many things belong to you that you've never called. I wonder how many blessings God wants to bring into your life of things that he's already prepared for you in the spiritual and they belong to you but you've never called them guys I can't move your mountain but your mountain knows your voice and a lot of times we complain about what's going on but we never speak to it with the same authority that Adam had the same authority that Jesus had and exercise our dominion in the earth. The earth is waiting on the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. We are in a time where we cannot afford to play church. It's got to be in us. It's got to be something that is in us we got to learn to call those things that God has given us. A new order. Call your marriage back. Call your children back. Call healing into your life. Call deliverance into your life. All those things belong to you. It's biblical. It's the word of God. But you got to call those things into your life. Get out of your sight. Get out of, of your sight and your discouragement and move into words of faith and start calling the things that belong to you. And watch this, when you start calling things in the spirit that belong to you, those things start moving towards you. This is where we gotta get to. This generation needs a move of the Holy Spirit.
it needs to see a demonstration of power. But we got to understand we are a kingdom, a monarchy, a supreme power who has, a, who has all sovereignty and it's a single person. How many know that person is Jesus? That person is Jesus. When we look at all the craziness going on in our world right now, what if the answer to COVID-19 isn't politics? What, what if the answer to racial tension in our nation is not everybody has to become an activist? What if we are diagnosing symptoms instead of speaking to the solution? We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people part of the kingdom of God. And listen, the kingdom of God solves all the problems that our nation is going through. The kingdom solves all the racial tension. The kingdom heals all who are sick. The kingdom sets the captive free. Come on, somebody, if you believe this word today, the kingdom is the answer. It's the answer. So I want you to stand with me today all over this room. And I'm going to do it differently. I, I'm not just going to do step one, two, three. Just not doing it. It may not, you know, come across the way it normally does, but whether you're online or in this house, I pray with all of my heart that something in this word found fertile ground in your heart that it found fertile ground in your heart, that we are a monarchy, that we can create a new order with our words. Let's not just speak what the world is saying. Let's be the people that can stand in the face of opposition and declare thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Nothing happens until something is spoken. So what I want us to do today, during this last song, we're actually gonna sing monarchy. But can we turn your living room, your bedroom, your kitchen, and this sanctuary, can we turn it in to a time of prayer, to a time of worship, that we can literally pray in the word that we've heard? That when we leave this place, we're not giving our mouth to the symptoms, but we're gonna give our mouth, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit, we're gonna give our mouth to the solution. We're gonna declare thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In, in, this, in this place, in my life, in my relationships, as it is in heaven. There may be things today, church, you need to repent of. You need to get out of your heart. You need to get out of your mind. There may be an offense, an unforgiveness, a sin in your life. I'm saying now's the time. Let's not be distracted in this season. Renounce those things. Repent of those things. Ask God to fill your heart with the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit so that we can do and be who God has called us to be in this season. Will you all pray with me as we sing this last song? Before we do it, though, can you give God the highest praise you have all day? Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can go to BethesdaChurch.tv give. We'll catch you on the next episode, and we hope you have a great day.